Hey guys, how you doing? Great. You alright? <sighs> can, can I be vulnerable with you for a minute? I wasn't planning to start like this. I've been a pastor for four and a half years. Nearly four and a half years. And uh, I'm well out of my depth. <laughs> I've never in my life, or never in the four and a half years, preached a sermon, or before I preached a sermon, found myself in the floods of tears until this morning. And as you were worshipping there, I just sat in the back, sobbing my eyes out, and I'm not really in a great place. And I'm just saying this to say that I still believe God can use me today. Amen. I still believe... I still believe God's going to speak to people this morning. But I'm not, some, I'm not some awesome preacher that's been flown over from Scotland whose words are going to impress anybody. I'm nothing without Jesus. I've not got any right to be standing here saying anything without Jesus. Without, I'm just a broken man. A flawed man. But I pray I'm a man that God's going to use this morning to speak to some people. So if you're broken this morning, you're in good company. If you're a mess today, you're in good company. If you desperately need Jesus today, man, you're in good company. Because I desperately need Jesus. But I believe Jesus is going to come through. And I believe we're going to have an awesome morning together. Is that alright? Sorry if I've overshared, man. But if I look a mess, that's why. I want to introduce you to my team. Is that Okay. So uh, I thought I should do that. I've got, I've got Chris and Morgan who are here all the way from Scotland. And I've got... Uh, yeah. Come on up, man. And I've got Asia Pibus, who you guys know a little bit as well, who actually now is just about to move to Scotland to be on my staff team. So for anyone that didn't know that, I've stolen Jeff's daughter. <laughs> and uh, she's coming to work with me. This is Chris. This is Morgan, and uh, you know Asia, I think. So, home church hoodies are available online. Um, I'm going to have you guys just introduce yourself and say what you do. Is that all right? Come on, Chris. All right. Uh, I'm Chris, so I am essentially the Scottish version of Brandy. Brandy? Brandon? Brandon, not Brandy, Brandon, um, who's up the back at Sunday. So I kind of deal with a lot of the production stuff at Home Church and also manage Home Radio, which is a news radio station. So that is pretty much me. Um, yeah, and try and keep him in line, but that's... <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Morgan. I deal with our information desk team, um, so our info... All that jazz come to myself and the team, um, and just a bit of everything and anything around the church. Hi, I'm Asia. You guys already know me. <laughs> Grew up here my whole life. Um, I am going to be helping Pastor Dave stay organized. Yeah, I'm going to try. <laughs> uh, the admin side of things, I'll be helping with kids ministry a little bit, a little bit of the young adult ministry, um, and really anything 
that Dave needs. So I'm really excited. Thank you, guys. So that's my team. If you guys, if you guys want, and you open your phones, and you go to your app store, and you type in Home Radio UK, you will get Home Radio. 24 hours a day Christian content. There you go. That's free for you. Um, while you're there, subscribe to our YouTube channel and get our subscribers up. Okay. Are you all right? I'm, so, I'm sorry I came out a little bit messy today. Um, I'm going, today I, need, I want to talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> today I want to talk to you about Jesus. Jesus changed my life. And he can change yours. And I'm not just talking to non-Christians in the room. You might have been a Christian for 50 years. And you can leave here different today. Amen. Jesus can change your life. I'm going to read from the book of Ephesians. If you want to open your Bibles with me, chapter 2. I'm going to read through to the end of verse 10. Let me just pray. God, I just uh, come before you and just ask for your help this morning. I'm so aware that I've got nothing to say that could help anybody, but you do. You're an incredible saviour. You're an incredible God. And today, Lord, I pray that in my weakness that you're strong. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me, God. I pray that you would impact every single person in this place with the truth of Scripture today. God, I pray that we would be challenged. I pray that we would be transformed. God, if there is anyone in this place who doesn't know you today, I pray that that would change. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Ephesians 2. I'm going to just read it all through and then we'll tackle it verse at a time. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses he made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is beautiful. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's a really, really special passage of Scripture. It really is. 
Starts off by saying, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. That's a starting place for every single human being who ever lived. We started off dead in our trespasses and sins. We're born sinful. Dead people are unresponsive. I don't know if you know that. I ain't been about that many dead people, but the ones I've tried to talk to haven't talked back to me. Dead people are unresponsive. They can't learn anything. You can't reason with them. You can't talk to them. You could get the greatest maths professor in the history of time and get them to go to a corpse and it couldn't teach the corpse what two equals two is. Because dead people are unresponsive. I don't know if you do this in America. I'm sure you do. Do you guys have Facebook arguments? <laughs> See, in Scotland, man, you get these people, and they spend their life just wanting to fight with someone on Facebook. And that's their job every day, to post something that's going to get at people that don't believe what you believe. And then we spend our time in front of non-Christians arguing with other non-Christians or arguing with other parts of the church about why we are right and why they're wrong and why your theology is right and why their theology is wrong and we just wind people up. Well, I don't. I'm, I'm saying we. It's not me. I don't do it. People just get wound up with nonsense Facebook arguments. Does that happen here as well? I've got no time for people like that, man. I, I believe that the church wastes so much time trying to debate truth with non-believers who aren't actually capable of understanding what we're saying anyway. We get into arguments about people's lifestyles as if our arguments are ever going to change their lifestyles. The only thing that's ever going to change anyone is Jesus. Amen. The only thing that's ever going to change anyone's viewpoint about anything is an encounter with Jesus. And I need to not get excited today because I speak fast when I get excited apparently and I'm going to need someone that can interpret tongues to come help me and sort that out. The church wastes far too much time debating biblical truth with people who don't yet know Jesus. You can't teach dead people things. We have to first bring them to life. We have to first lead them to salvation. And the Holy Spirit speaks to them and convicts them and changes them. We don't do it. I could preach the best sermon that ever, ever happened in history. Well, I couldn't. It's not in my ability. But hypothetically speaking, if I did, it wouldn't make a difference. So Holy Spirit impacting people's lives. People need to be born again. When they're born again, change can happen. And the fact that we all started off dead, we all started off non-responsive, we all started off not understanding Scripture because dead people can't understand Scripture either. But unfortunately what happens is like we've maybe tried to read the Bible at some point, we've not really understood it, and then we've got saved, but in our heads we don't understand the Bible so we don't go back and start reading it again. God gives a supernatural discernment to Christians and believers to understand Scripture. And there's some churches in the, in the world that for years abused its power by telling people that you didn't have the ability to understand the Bible. It's only the preacher that has that ability. It's only certain people that have that ability. That's nonsense. Amen. 
That is a lie. We all have the ability to understand Scripture because God gives it to us. And when we read it, God can speak into our life. So don't be believing the nonsense that you're too simple to understand the Bible. I'm the most simple dude in this room. And about I understand the Bible because I found Jesus and he brought me to life. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural person is not able to understand stuff. So stop wasting your time debating nonsense with them and let's start spending our time loving them. Let's start spending our time caring for them and serving them and showing them grace and showing them kindness. And you do that, you're going to change the lives of people around about you. That's the truth. So then it says, you were dead in the trespasses and, and sins in which you once walked. And that's really, really important, right? We, every single one of us walked in trespasses and sins. Every single one of us. And I honestly, honestly do not understand what gives any Christian the right to judge anybody out there. Because we used to be like that. And but for the grace of Jesus, we would still be like that. We think of people and some different people will come to our minds and we think, oh, that person, man, they're a sinner, man. They're really bad. Like, I've never been that bad. They're a million miles away from me. We've got a picture in our head of what we think the worst type of sinner is and the worst type of sin is. But by the grace of God, that was me. But by the grace of God, I'm the worst sinner in the world. Ain't nobody worse than me, but I've been saved. I've been changed. But none of us have got any right to judge anybody. Adulterers, thieves, moaning-faced so-and-sos. But for the grace of God, that was us as well. So let's stop judging people. Let's thank God for the grace and salvation that we've found. And let's just start sharing it with people. That's what we're called to do. What's really interesting here says you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Trespasses are different from sins. And we as humans sometimes seem to think that they're the same thing. They're not the same thing. Everybody's born sinful. We're born into sin. You don't have to teach your kids to sin, but they kind of figure it out on their own. Because they're born that way. I never once, and my, and my wife, my, my, my beautiful wife's probably watching. Hi, honey. <laughs> She's probably watching. My wife is an incredible mother. And I promise you, not one time did she ever sit my children down and teach them how to lie to me. She didn't do that. She just didn't do it. But when my little son was three or four, and I loved, by the way, you had donuts outside, one the donuts. I like donuts, right? I'm sorry. Figure like this for nothing. I like donuts, right? So my wife bought me 10 simple sugar ring donuts. Brilliant, right? So I'm looking forward to getting home from work and having one of my sugar donuts with a cup of tea because I don't keep your coffee and all that. And tea, by the way, my goodness me, tea's supposed to be served hot. I don't know what you guys are on, but that's right. That's, we're not going to go there today, right? Um, anyway, I go home, 
and I go into my kitchen and there's no sugar donuts left. And I find my son sitting on a corner. Oh! That's what we say in Scotland when we're angry. Oh! Do you eat my sugar donuts? No! But there was sugar all over his face, man. And all down his jumper. My wife never said, just eat the sugar donuts. And when your dad asks you, tell him you didn't. That conversation never happened. He got that on his own. Right, we're all born into sin. Sin is missing the mark. That's what the original Greek means. Sin is, we're, we're missing the mark. We're, we're just missing it. And we're all born like that. Sin is not always intentional. We can actually sin sometimes and we don't realize we're doing it. That, that's the kind of scary thing. But trespasses are different from that. Trespassing is crossing a boundary that you know is wrong. It's crossing a boundary that you know you're not supposed to cross. Totally different. You guys have trespassed laws in America, don't you? If I walk onto your property, you can shoot me in the face. <laughs> we don't have trespass laws in Scotland. You, you could, if, you in, if you in Scotland, I don't know why I'm telling you this, if you have to relieve yourself in Scotland, your people are not allowed to deny you access to their house to use their toilet. That's the truth. Seriously. There's no trespass laws. You can camp in someone's front garden if you want. There's nothing anyone can do about it. It's, it's really, really bizarre. Not as bizarre as shooting someone in the face, but it is really bizarre. Right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dead in the sins and trespasses in which you once walked, following the course of this world, we were all once the same as everybody else. Following the prince of the power of the air, following darkness, following Satan's plans and purposes. That's how we all started. And the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Again, it tells us, among whom the disobedient fallen people, amongst whom we all once lived. Every single one of us lived like that. And the passions of our flesh caring about lust and addictions and drinking and whatever else. We, we cared about that stuff way more than we cared about Jesus. That's what we lived for before we were saved, the passions of the flesh. Among all these people in darkness, we once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. We were all by nature children of wrath. The default destination of every human being on the planet is hell at the end of their life. That's the default. I hear this absolute rubbish. How come a loving God would send someone to hell? God's not sending anyone to hell. God's saving people from hell by the millions. God sent his son to die a brutal death in my place so that I didn't need to go to hell. And there's millions of people all over the world accepting it and being saved from hell and being given an eternal hope and an eternal glory and an eternal future. Don't listen to that nonsense. How can a loving God send someone to hell? God's saving us from it. We're going there on our own. We're, that's where we're going if we don't turn to God. That's where we're going if we don't accept Jesus. But every single one of us has an opportunity to accept Jesus, praise God. Do you understand me? Are we okay? Yes. Quality. Okay. It says, but God. 
I love those two words, man. But God. Has anyone here ever had a but God moment? You're going through the stuff, man. You're going through a terrible time. But God comes through. But God moves. But God reached into your darkness and reached into your wretched situation and just pulled you right out of it. If you've not had a but God moment, I would question your salvation, to be honest with you. But I believe you can all have a but God moment today. I don't know what direction your life's going in right now, but God can change it. I believe that. If you read the Bible, and the crazy thing is, right, the most important question you could ever ask yourself is who is Jesus? And people make up their minds to the answer of that question without even reading the Bible. It's crazy. It's the most important answer you'll ever find. And we let TikTok tell us who Jesus is. Or the government tell us who Jesus is. Or Facebook tell us who Jesus is. You want to find Jesus, it's right, right here. Available for everybody. Crazy important question. We make our minds up far too quick about it. It's crazy. But if you read the Bible, you will find time and time and time and time again that God has the ability to change situations. That God has the ability to change circumstances. That God has the ability to change a person's future. He even has the ability to change a nation's future. If your nation's a little bit like mine, it's a little bit lost and a little bit going down the toilet. But God is able to change it. God is still able to move in a society that would seem godless. But hope is never lost when Jesus is involved. We can have a but God moment. It says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Not small love. Not insignificant love. Great love. Rich in mercy. I don't want to try and treat you guys how to suck eggs today. Is that a phrase in America? How to suck eggs. I want to teach you stuff you already know. I just have a feeling, man, that somebody needs to simply hear the simple words today. Jesus loves you. Maybe somebody needs to be reminded of that today. Jesus loves you. He loves you. And not just a little bit. He loves you with a great love. He's rich in mercy. He's got more than enough of it. Doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far, how far you've fallen. God has got enough mercy for you. He's loaded in mercy. Amen. He's swimming in it. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive. Even when we were dead, even when we didn't deserve it, even when we were still sinning, God made the decision to send Jesus to come to earth to die for us. That's crazy. We didn't deserve it. We didn't ask for it. We didn't earn it. We were doing the complete opposite from earning it. We were earning wrath. But we got grace. We got mercy. 
And I love that. And he made us alive together with Christ. Wow. By grace, you have been saved. By grace alone. And I love this. It says, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you know that Jesus is coming back for us one day? Amen. Do you know that? Amen. He's coming back for us. And he's going to take us to be with him forever. Amen. And we get to sit with him in the heavenly places. Well, Paul is so assured of that, that he's writing it as if it's already happened. This isn't written in the future tense. This is written in the present tense. We can start eternity right now. Amen. We don't have to wait till we die. We can start eternity Right now, by grace you've been saved and raised us up to be seated with him in the heavenly places and listen to this man so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. Do you get that? Anyone else excited about heaven? Is it just me? Three people, four people. Is anybody else excited about heaven? See, we live, we live in this age, that what we live in right now, right? And we're really, really insignificant, man. Sorry if anyone's got an ego. We're really insignificant. If you span the course of history, span the course of time, and think about how much time we have and how small we are in the vastness of it all and the vastness of the universe. Like, we're nothing. Totally insignificant. A speck of dust in one age. There's going to be an awful lot more ages. And the Bible tells us that through those ages, God is going to pour out mercy on us. So in the coming ages, let me read that again. I love this man. So that in the coming ages, age after age after age after age after age, he might show us the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We get tied up sometimes in thinking, oh, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I know what heaven's going to be like. A place where Jesus is just pouring out love on me all the time. Love and love and love and love. Pouring it out. Put like uncontainable, unbelievable, undescribable, unimaginable love. Age after age after age after age after age. Does anyone want that? Amen. Anyone up for that? Amen. Anyone excited about that? Come on, church. I love it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of of God. Again, it says, goes on to say, so that no one might boast. What right do we as Christians think we have to boast about anything? And see, when we look down on people who aren't as godly as us and don't have it all as together as us, we're boasting. We're thinking that we've earned something that they haven't earned. We've earned nothing. We've just been given it. By grace, 
You've been saved through faith. All you need today for your life to change is faith in Jesus. That's it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to make Jesus love you more than he already does. You just need to accept it. You just need to have faith and accept it. The Bible says it's a gift. A gift is only a gift if you receive it. That's my friend Carly down there. Carly, go and stand up for me a minute, right? Sorry to embarrass you, right? Come on, stand up. Look. See that? Yes, this is Carly. She's cool. See that hoodie? I gave that as a gift to Carly, right? Because she liked it. You can sit down. Sorry, pal. <laughs> but if, if Carly had said to me when I was round at her house last time, I really like that hoodie. And I had said to Carly, Carly, this hoodie's yours. You can have it. And she didn't take it. It wasn't hers. It was offered. It was available. But until she actually took it off me, the gift wasn't received. It's really, really simple, man. We just have to accept the gift and take it. Would you like salvation? Yes, I would. Thank you very much. Would you like your life to change? Yes, I would. Thank you very much. Would you like a peace that passes all understanding? Blooming, yes, I would. Thank you very much. Would you like a God who's able to carry you through every storm and every trial? Yeah, I would, man. Thank you very much. I'll have that. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. That's it, man. The week after I was here, last time in October, Asia came back with me. And a girl came to see me at my house. Um, she might be watching. Hi, Soph, if you're watching. Talking about you in America. Woo! Uh, I've known Sophie since she was a kid. And her mum's one of my best friends. And uh, Sophie's never been interested in Jesus at all. And she's, you know, sorry Sophie, idiot boyfriend's treating her badly. And, and her dad kind of let her down a lot. And you know how it goes. She just wasn't interested in Jesus. And every now and again, she'd come round to the house. And when people come to my house, I cook them mac and cheese. I'm really good at it. It's one of, it's one of my spiritual gifts, mac and cheese. <laughs> and uh, every time she sits down and I talk to her about Jesus. And, and as soon as I mention Jesus, man, she's just not interested. You all know that face. You've all seen it. It's like, it's like you're not getting anywhere. Anyway, Asia was round. And I was like, I wanted, I wanted Sophie to meet Asia. So she came round to the house. And what had happened was, a wee bit of backstory. She, her, her, her dad had promised her that he would take her for a meal and watch a movie with her. And she was really excited about it. And the dad never done it and he let her down. And so she was really upset. And so her mum told me that had happened. And so I phoned Sophie and says, why don't you come round and I'll cook you some mac and cheese and we'll watch a movie together. So that's what we did. We didn't even talk really because Sophie didn't really talk to me. She'd, she'd sit in my company and she'd say one or two words, but she never really spoke to me. It, it was bizarre. <laughs> she was just, she's just a beautiful, quiet young girl. And uh, so we watched a movie it's after 10 o'clock at night. Asia's jet lagged like mad. She's needing to go to sleep. I'm a little bit tired because I'd just come back from here. And I don't know if you remember, I wasn't actually very well when I was here last time. So I wasn't feeling great. And half past 10, whatever the movie finishes. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like they're going to go home. Now, not that you're welcome in my house anytime, Sophie. Right? I'm just, but you're thinking at half 10, right? It's that kind of time of the day. And she turns to me. She's never, ever asked me a question in her life. 
And she says, Dave, should I forgive my dad? I was like, whoa, that's a really deep question. So I started talking to her about forgiveness. And she kept it and she, she, just, oh, she was just opened up. She's asking me questions and I'm answering the questions. And I'm sitting there at my dinner table and I'm going, this is crazy. She's about to give her life to Jesus. And I never expected it. So many times I tried to lead her to Jesus and it hadn't happened. And now she's leading herself to Jesus. I'm like, I'm just watching it. It's crazy, right? I'm just watching it. And so, I, so I, I, I said, look, man, I said, Sophie, I've said this to you before. And I'm not meaning to sound like a broken record, but you, you just need Jesus. And she went, I know. I was like, wow. And I was like, can I pray with you? And she said, only if you send my mum away. So we sent her mum away. And me and Asia sat and we prayed with Sophie. And I said, Sophie, I can't invite Jesus into your life. You have to invite her into your life. And she said, I can't pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And so I just said to her, I prayed and I said, Sophie, do you want to receive Jesus right now? And she said, yes. And that was it. It wasn't some elaborate prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's not putting your hand up in church that saves you. It's not coming to church that saves you. There's nothing saves you except saying yes to Jesus. Do you want to be saved? Yes. Do you want to live with Jesus? Yes. She got baptized a few weeks later and she's doing incredibly well living for Jesus. It's just been a miracle, man. It's been great. And that's what God can do. It's the gift of God. And if you want to receive that gift today, all you have to go is, yep, I love that. Your life will change forever. And there might be people here today and you believe in Jesus. You might have been coming here since you were a kid. Maybe going to another church. You might even go to a Christian school. And you believe in Jesus and you've heard about Jesus and there's no problem with you believing that Jesus exists, but you've never actually accepted the gift of salvation. You've never actually had that but God moment. If that's you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that later on today. And then the passage concludes, and it's beautiful, man. And when I say concludes, I might talk about it for 10 minutes, but the passage is concluding. doesn't mean I'm concluding, right? Just <laughs> it says, this is, this is one of the most beautiful verses in the entirety of Scripture, guys, what we're reading right now. It says, for we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand. Another translation of that Greek word is we are God's poetry. Or another translation could be we are God's masterpiece, which might be the one that you've heard more often. We are God's masterpiece. We are God's poetry. We are God's workmanship. Do you, un I, I, do you need to let that sink in? You guys are God's poetry. God sat down if God sits down, however God does it. And God thought out, planned out, and wrote out good for your life. Poetry is beautiful. Can you imagine God's poetry? God sat down, whatever he does, and wrote a poetic story for your life. Seriously. Every single one of you. 
And we can receive that if we want. God calls you his masterpiece. I've seen some I've seen some masterpieces actually and I don't understand why they're masterpieces. Do you know that modern art nonsense? But uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. Masterpieces are worth a lot of money. Masterpieces are worth a huge amount of stuff. And you're called God's masterpiece. God's workmanship. God created you. And you might not feel like a masterpiece right now. Your life might not feel like poetry, but God says you're his poetry. God says you're a masterpiece. And praise God, our feelings have got nothing to do with reality. The word of God has everything to do with reality. And it says you're a masterpiece. It says you're poetry. It says every line of your life has been thought and planned out. Created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand. Psalm 1 verse 39 says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Act 17 tells us that the times and boundaries of your inhabitation were set before you were. Do you know that what you're doing for a job isn't an accident? Do you know that where you live isn't an accident? God prepared you for that. God placed you there for a reason. And we're absolutely rubbish at believing if God moved me over here then I could serve him and I could lead people to Jesus and I could accept and I, well, we talk ourselves if God did this I could move if God did this I could have an impact guys you can have an impact where you are because God placed you there for a reason Amen. if you go into your work every day and you're depressed and you're upset God put you there for a reason and you might as well just go on with the reason why God put you there and he might get you out quicker. Everyone in this room, if you're a Christian, is in full-time ministry. We all are in full-time ministry. We're all missionaries. You don't have to go to India to be a missionary. You don't have to come to Scotland like Asia to be a missionary or oh, we're really, really crazy thankful she's coming. You don't have to go abroad to be a missionary. You can be a missionary in your school. You can be a missionary in your workplace. We've all got a job to do for Jesus. Guys, God has a call in your life. Not just mine. Not just Pastor Jeff's. He's got a call in your life. He's got something that he wants you to achieve. He's got a future that he wants you to step into. You have been uniquely wired. Uniquely placed by God with a unique script and plan of your own. That's incredible. Stop wishing you were someone else. Stop, one, stop wishing you had someone else's call. God's got a plan for you. To use you for his kingdom and for his glory. How incredible is that? Again, we talk ourselves out of it, but I've been divorced. I failed at school. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an addict. I can't talk good. I can't talk good. But why are we making this about ourselves? It's all about Jesus anyway. I'm still talking for another 10 minutes. Enjoy the music, right? But I'm still... Are you okay with me? I've got stuff I believe God wants to say. We think Christians and churches all over the place think that the calling of God is on a few. The calling of God's on us all. 
You know, I've grown up and I hear this rubbish time and time and time again. Church is boring, man. Has anyone ever been in a boring church? Not this one, right? But yeah, yeah. Anyone else been in a boring church? You know why church gets boring? Because we sit down in pews and seats and just expect to be fed off some preacher every week. That gets pretty boring. We were never supposed to sit in pews and just receive. We were supposed to get to work. We should be too busy serving Jesus to get bored. We should have non-Christians beside us every week, encouraging them and talking to them about Jesus. We should be far too busy serving Jesus to ever get bored. I've not been bored in years. I'm far too busy. That's what we're called to be as Christians. Satan's plan is to make you feel worthless. Satan's plan is to make you feel unlovable. To make you feel like you're a failure. Well, you're not worthless. You were worth Jesus dying for. You're not unlovable. God loved you enough to send the Son to die in your place. And someone needs to hear today that you are not a failure. Yeah? You might have failed at things, but that doesn't make you a failure. I've failed at a lot of stuff, man. I've probably failed more than anyone else in this room. I failed at school. I failed at college. I failed in business. I feel like a failure as a father half the time. I feel like a failure as a husband half the time. I failed at stuff. But I'm not a failure. I've failed in life. But do you know what God's done? He's redeemed my failures and weaponized them against darkness. That's what he's done. He's redeemed my failures. I'm a weapon. Are you a weapon? Do you want to be a weapon? I hope when I wake up in the morning, Satan goes, oh no, here we go again. And I want that for you guys. When you wake up in the morning, Satan's shaking in his pathetic little boots. Because you're a weapon. And God can use you guys to do some serious damage for the kingdom of God. He can. If you allow God, He will take your failures. And He'll use them to grow you. He'll use them to mature you. And He'll use them as a weapon against the enemy. God has a plan to use you through your failures. Who's the best person? to help and encourage someone through a divorce someone who's been through a divorce who's the best person to help someone who's failed in business somebody who's failed in business who's the best person to help someone to be a better dad someone that's learned from their mistakes don't let your fakes define your mistakes define you let your mistakes be used by God as a blessing in the kingdom let your mistakes be weaponized I'm going to close in a minute. Let me just say that one more time in case I was speaking too quick and people didn't understand me. 
people in this room have to hear today that you are God's masterpiece. You are God's poetry. You are God's workmanship. You were created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. For good works. Which God prepared for you beforehand. You don't need to strive to find them. You don't you can do it if you want, but you don't have to go to seminary school for four years. I didn't. You don't actually need to do anything because God has prepared the way before you for you as an individual. And it's not the same way as the person beside you. Doesn't it need to be the same way as anyone else, but God has prepared a way for you beforehand. And here's how this passage finishes. It says We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. And it says we should walk in them. Where you walk is a choice. I have a decision when I wake up in the morning if I'm going to walk Walter White, my dog, or not. It's a decision I need to make. God can't force us to go down a road. He won't do that. He's a perfect example of a gentleman. But God's got a path prepared for us. God's got good works prepared beforehand. All we have to do is start taking a step and start walking into God's plan. He's not going to force you into it. But we can all make a decision today to be walking in the path that God's got for us. And I reckon, I reckon today there are people in this room And whilst believing in God, maybe for years, you've never actually started to walk in the things that he's got prepared for you beforehand. I believe in a room of this size, if you're honest with yourself, that's a lot of people. You believe in Jesus, but you've never started to walk in the things he has prepared for you. You've talked yourself out of it. You've let other people talk you out of it. You've let circumstances come against you. You've not let the plan of Jesus have authority over your life. You've given authority to someone else. Maybe you're here today and you feel challenged and you're willing to accept and respond to the challenge of being used by God in the place where he's placed you and you're no longer going to just attend church. You're going to be part of the engine room you're going to invite God to use your failures and to use you in whatever way he wants to use you and I'm not even going to do that let's let's close our eyes and nobody's watching stuff for all our family here if that's you today and you know that you've never started to walk in the way that God's got for you and you're making a decision to change that right now can you just put your hand up for me see your hand come on don't be shy guys you're telling me I'm talking to a room this size and no one's want to make a decision to start walking forward for Jesus? Come on. Let's not be shy about stuff. Let's not be uptight about stuff. God's got a plan to use us and all we need to do to accept it. Who wants to accept it today? Praise God for people making that decision. God, I pray for these people that have been brave enough to put their hands up and I pray for all the folk that were too scared as well. And I pray, God, that you would take the people in this room, 
you would take the people in this church you would take their failures you would take their past and you'd weaponize them against the enemy God I pray that you would take the people in this room and help them as they start to walk forward in the path that you had prepared for them before they were born give us the strength to live for you to walk in your ways help us God to make a difference in our communities and our schools and our workplaces and our colleges wherever you've placed us help us to make a difference bless you guys for responding before I finish maybe you're here today I don't know where you're, where you're all at then you've never actually been brought to life in Jesus you just feel dead you feel depressed you feel unresponsive to life you feel like you've got nothing going for you at all and today you want to make a decision to live for Jesus again maybe you believed in him I don't know or you know that he exists but you feel dead you've never made that true decision to become a Christian and today you want to do that if you want to become a Christian today and accept Jesus can you put your hand up real quick and I'm going to come and pray with you probably going to give you a massive hug as well to be quite honest with you if that's you does anyone want to give their life to Jesus today this could be the moment that changes the rest of your life where you come to life when you can be born again does anyone want to accept Jesus today well, I pray that God's been at work in hearts and lives and I pray that God has moved in this place. Father, if there is anyone here who needs that extra bit of courage to step up and step forward for you, I pray that you'd give it to them right now in the name of Jesus and that they'll come speak to me before they leave this place. Lord, as we sing this, him together, would you touch hearts? You know what? Let's take communion together, eh? We can be made alive today because of Jesus. We can be made alive today because someone paid the price for us in full and that person was Jesus can we stand together church and if you've got your uh, emblems in your hand thank you sir let's just take the bread out and we'll hold it I'm going to ask my guys to come and pray for us as we do this we're going to pray for the bread we're going to thank Jesus for his body being broken for us and then we're going to take the bread together in remembrance of that and then we're going to pray for the cup and remember the blood that was shed for us so that we could be free and then we're going to take the cup together as one as a family as well so let's take the bread and Chris if you would pray for that please Father we just come humbly before you this morning and just take take this time to just remind ourselves that we aren't worthy but Despite that, you still call us a masterpiece. You still say that we are valued. You still say that we are worth something. Father, we just thank you so much for the grace that you showed on the cross, for 
the body broken. And with this bread, we just remember of that sacrifice. And we just put into perspective of the love, how vast that is poured out onto us. So yeah, Father, I just pray for this time. I pray for this bread um, as it was broken, as your body was broken. I just pray that um, it can bless Bless us in this time, bless us in this room, bless us, bless it to our bodies. I just pray that we can just take this time just to really let us sink in that we are worth something by your name. Amen. Yeah, Father, I just thank you so much just for this opportunity as a family just to come together and um, and just to remember you and what you've done on that cross. God, I thank you for the blood that was shed for us. Um, God, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve the love that you give us and the love that you've shown us, but God, I thank you that you still give it to us. Um, I pray that now as we drink this cup, God, we just remember the blood that was shed and we just... We just remember how blessed we are to have that. And I pray that our focus will be entirely on you right now, that all our distractions will will go away, they'll disappear, and we can just focus on you. And um, God, I pray anything that's stopping us just to think about you, God, I pray that that will go away. Um, I pray that our focus will be entirely on you. And yeah, Lord, I just thank you for what you've done on that cross. And I pray that we don't just remember now, but we remember forever we always remember and as this week coming forward we just continue to remember this and we don't just leave it as we walk these doors amen home church i hope you've been blessed today i hope you've had a phenomenal weekend for those that were at encounter for those of you that were here why don't you tell everyone else how good it was so that they come next time? <laughs> but I want to thank you for... Yeah. I want to thank you for having me. I don't take this uh, opportunity lightly to, to be given this platform to speak. So thank you to Pastor Jeff. And this is an incredible church here. and I feel really at home here. I feel kind of like I'm part of the family. But don't worry, Home Church Scotland, I'm coming home to my actual home. But I do feel at home here. I've got, I've got friends here. Even Matt and Eric drove to Dallas to collect us because our plane got cancelled. Man, those guys are heroes. Those guys are heroes. And uh, I just feel loved by you guys, and I thank you for that. Thank you for listening to me. It's been such a blessing, and hopefully I'll be invited back to speak to you again. God bless you. Thanks, guys.